I just wanted to just welcome everybody here. Uh, my name is Alex Bear. I'm the lead pastor, and uh, we're so glad that you've joined us for our uh, Christmas Eve service. I know uh, many people have worked hard to make this happen, and so I'd just like to give a, a, just a shout out to all of our volunteers. Let's give them a hand for all the work. And I don't know if this has been said yet, but that coffee cake is from Carolyn's Cafe in Redlands. Uh, if you've been there, uh, you know that if you've not had it yet, you will want some. And so I encourage you, uh, the refreshments are here to, uh, for you to enjoy and uh, to meet people to uh, really spend this time uh, celebrating. And this is what Christmas is all about. And I just want to spend a few minutes talking about why uh, we can celebrate. And uh, some of the things that we're going to do are, are going to be kind of participatory. And so if you're a, a, a kid and, and you want to answer questions, I encourage you to feel free to, to yell that out as well. Uh, how many of you today have looked at Christmas lights this season? Like you have seen uh, Christmas lights in your neighborhood. Maybe you've gone as a family. Okay. Uh, how many of you have put up Christmas lights and that's a big deal. Okay, good. Quite a, quite a few of you. I love that theme of Christmas, the idea of Christmas lights, whether that's on a house, whether that's on a tree. And uh, I did kind of a survey of like the best homes that are lit uh, this time of year in the Inland Empire. And here's some pictures of some of those homes. Um, that's pretty impressive. You actually get a suntan. You walk through that house and you get tanned from that. Uh, here, here's another one. Ooh. Okay, you saw that one. Yeah, where is it? Inland Empire, somewhere close. Uh, here's another one. Ooh, classic. And then what about this one? Have you guys seen this one before? This one's like the laser. Wow. Dude, that, have you guys seen that one? That, that one is, that's my house. That's, that's my front yard. And full confession, I have sold out and I've gone completely laser lights. Um, it was the tragic uh, almost falling off the roof a few years ago, uh, but this is my house. But there's something about, even if it's this, there's something about lights uh, that, that kind of get me into the Christmas spirit. And what's very interesting is this time of year, you see lights uh, on, on everything. There's Christmas sweaters that light up. There are cars that light up. Maybe you've seen that. And then, of course, uh, all of us probably have a Christmas tree. How many of you have a Christmas tree that lights up? Uh, how many of you, like, you only do artificial trees? We're going to start a contract. Artificial. How many of you are like, real? It's not a tree unless it's real. Okay. Those of you that have allergies, don't go to their home, right? Like, but there's something about a Christmas tree, which when it's lit up, it's extra special. Uh, there's something also at night when the lights come on, whether it's, it's on a home, there, there's something about that. So this theme of Christmas and lights is something that's actually existed for a very long time. In fact, Many people believe that the first Christmas tree was not lit with artificial lights because electricity wasn't invented yet, but Christmas trees actually back in the day were lit with candles. Now, if you could picture that, a dried out tree <laughs> that you lit with fire, right? Uh, in fact, many people believe that Martin Luther, the church historian, kind of church father, uh, he was one that would, the first to like light a tree. And what happened is it started in, in Europe. Many believe it kind of happened in Germany to start. But then people got word that this was happening. And so people would get their candles. And in fact, in England, in the late 1800s, uh, the, the royal family decided to do the same thing. And here's an kind of early ornament artifact of, of that time of what it would be depicted like. And what happened is this was in England in the late 1800s, about 1848 or so. And uh, this got published in the United States. 
And it began to kind of catch on, like, this is something that we should do. Like, this Christmas tree would look so much better uh, with lights. But when it really got big was with the invention of the Christmas lights after Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. And in fact, uh, fun fact for history, uh, it was actually one of Thomas Edison's friends. His name was Edward Johnson. He was the first to invent the light bulb specific for a Christmas tree. Now, here's a picture of a tree that some of you have seen. Anyone see this and it looks familiar? Anyone know where that is? Disneyland. Now, anybody want to take a guess how many lights you think are on that tree? 200? It's more than that. It's less than a billion, but it's more than 200. There are actually, listen to it, listen to it. This is like the price is right, over, under, over. The the correct answer is 70,000 lights. And so the tickets are the price they are just to pay for the electricity that uh, they have to pay every, every, every Christmas. But when you look at that tree, there's something about it which, which is magnificent. And that is something about Christmas that's very interesting. It's the one time of year where the more lights you have, whether it's on your house, whether it's on your tree, there's something about it which makes it extra special. And the reason this is so is that Christmas has actually always had a theme of lights. There's always been something which we've like longed for that cuts through the darkness, In fact, if you think about the world and movies and culture and even our own lives, there's something about this theme of light and darkness which appears uh, again and again. Light represents hope. It represents life. It represents new beginning. Darkness is the opposite. It represents uh, despair, pain, uh, things that we hope would, would change. And so at Christmas time, we don't celebrate a darkness. We don't want to come to a service called darkness of the world, right? That's called the news. But we want to come to something light. Where's light that we can experience, that we can celebrate? And the good news is, is we can actually look to the light of the world, the origin of the Christmas story, and remember that it is Christ himself and what the scriptures say, Jesus is the light of the world. He represents hope. He represents the opposite of our despair, the opposite of our pain, and that's what we celebrate. And we're here this morning to take a little bit of a time to remember that it's in the middle of the darkness that the light shines the brightest. It's in the middle of the things that seem hopeless. It's in the middle of the despair, the frustration, the discouragement. Even the things that you're facing in your life right now, Jesus is the light of the world and he can be the light of your world. He can shine the light no matter how dark it appears. And this is why Christmas is worth uh, celebrating I want to read some scriptures which speak to this light that was promised to us, a light that was promised to everyone who experienced darkness. And it's not just the absence of life, again, of light. It's, again, the experience of things that are very difficult. In Isaiah, uh, in the Old Testament, we find this promise in chapter 9, verse 2, and it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, those who dwelled dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. This was actually a prophecy. A prophecy is something that happens in the past, which is looking towards the future. And this was the promise that Jesus would come, that light of the world would dwell and be here on this dark earth. And what's very interesting about this scripture, if you think about that promise, the people walking in darkness, this is something that's always existed. People walk in darkness. 
You may ask, well, well, I don't want that in my life. I don't want to walk in darkness, but you probably in your own life have experienced that. There's people here right now from this last year, you've experienced some darkness in your own life, maybe some things that you wish would have never happened but have happened to you. Maybe things that have happened to your, your family that you wish would never happen to you. And darkness is a reality of our world. And the theme of light to the promise of darkness really goes back to the beginning of the story of God creating us. God created us to have a relationship with us, to know us as our creator. Because he loved us, he gave us breath. Every one of you, take a deep breath. Exhale. That represents God's love. He gave you the breath of life. But because of sin, because we thought that we kind of knew better what to do with the breath that God gave us, we all rebelled. We went our own way, and we experienced darkness. That darkness is really spiritual in nature first. It's a spiritual separation God is holy, he's good, he is light. And because of that, the darkness cannot dwell where he is. But because of sin, we've all entered the darkness and so the separation is real. It's a part of reality, it's part of the human experience. Pain and sin have plagued history. They've plagued our present and they plague our future. And we look at a world around us which is ravaged by war and conflict and misunderstanding and everyone trying to prove their own point and no one listens and the darkness seems like it's growing. But the promise of Jesus being the light of the world that was prophesied in Scripture came true a couple thousand years ago when Jesus came. And it's the promise that no matter how dark your world gets, no matter how dark our world gets, Christ has come to penetrate that darkness. And he does it with the light of truth. He does it with the light of his grace. He does it with the light of his forgiveness and his acceptance. Another part in Isaiah chapter 42 speaks of this light that's promised. It says, I am the Lord, I've called you in righteousness. That is, I want you to go my way to the way that's true. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. There's that promise again. The nations, it's a picture of the people who are in darkness. We've walked in darkness in history. We walk in darkness in the present. It seems like the future will be the same. But he's calling a group of people out. He's calling people to himself. And he says, I will make you a light for the nations. I will guide you. I will have a relationship with you. What was broken spiritually because of my son can be restored again. That's the hope of Christmas. Because the promise that was made 700 years before Jesus came was fulfilled when he dwelled on the earth. And we sing glory to God in the highest and on peace, goodwill to men. And we, we sing this idea of Emmanuel, God dwells with us because he came on this earth to penetrate the darkness with his very life. But there's also a theme of light that's in the Christmas story. Does anyone know any Christmas story, the, the biblical story that has light in it? Anyone? The star. The star of what? Bethlehem. The promise that was given, the promise of Jesus. Uh, here's a picture of uh, the wise men. And uh, is that a real picture? No, I wasn't there. I may seem old to some of you, but I wasn't actually there. But this is a promise that, that this, this light would shine where Jesus would be born. And people awaited for this light that God had promised to come. And they waited and they waited and they waited. And finally, the time that God had decided Jesus would come, he came. And he came to Bethlehem, which was promised in the Old Testament, in the book of Micah. Again, hundreds of years before he came. And we learned some of the Christmas story in Matthew 2. 
And you'll see this on the screen. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The wise men were wealthy. The wise men were intelligent. The wise men were also wise They had it all. They were educated. They had the resources. But what they were lacking was the fulfillment of a promise they had waited for, the fact that Jesus would come, the Messiah would be born, the light would be here to penetrate the darkness of our earth. And they saw that star, which represented the promise that he would come, and they followed it. And in Numbers 24, you see the fulfillment of the prophecy in the Old Testament. It says, I see him, but not now. Again, he hadn't come yet in the Old Testament. I behold him, but not near. We're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait. But a star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. And so the people awaited the fulfillment of these prophecies, not just the wise men, but all who believed that God was who he said he was, that believed he had made them, he'd given the breath of life, he would come back in his light to penetrate the darkness. Not in a general way, but in a specific way. He'd penetrate even the darkness of our own lives, our own minds, our own hearts. And the story of the wise men continues in Matthew chapter 2, verses 9. And it says, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. It was happening. What had been promised about the star, which would lead to where Jesus was born, it had happened. When they saw the star, what did it say? It says, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The darkness would no longer be overcome. The darkness now would be penetrated by the great light of the Messiah, the one who would save us. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him. Who knows the gifts? What are the gifts the wise men brought? What's the first one? Gold. What's the second? Incense. And what's the other one? And it could, it could look something like this. What do you guys think? Is this, is this kind of like an accurate depiction? Like, like the, hey, I, I like that. The, the Lego wise men set. It's not too late. If you need that, parents, you know, you know okay, all right. But that's a depiction of this, of this gift that represents that this joy that, that what had been promised had come. All of the scriptures from the Old Testament pointed to the fact that the promise would come true. God had not forgotten his people. And I want to encourage you today, no matter that what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, God has not forgotten you. He sent his son to be a light for you, for your family, for your kids and their kids and for generations forevermore. Jesus himself says this in John chapter 8. This is him when he was grown in his ministry. He says, I am the light of the world. Comes full circle. All that was told about me, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You can have the light of life for all who turn to Jesus and say, I need help with my darkness. You see, when you're in darkness, you can't get out of the darkness yourself because you cannot see. You cannot move You don't know you're up from your down, you're right from your left, you're stuck. The scripture describes this as being spiritually dead. The darkness represents that spiritual death, that separation. So when Christ declared, I am the light of the world and people will have the light of life, what he is saying is you do not have to remain in your darkness anymore. And so it got me thinking, what are some of the darkness that you and I experience in this life? What are some things that seem to be a shadow over us? Like the scriptures say, we're caught in the shadow of death. 
the shadow of darkness. Well, for some of us, that law, that darkness could be just loss. You have loss in your life. It could be loss from people that you love dearly. It could be loss from where you hope to be to where you are. It could just be a loss from you are where you are and you're just looking around saying, is this it? It could be loss. It could also be conflict. Certainly, Darkness represents conflict and disagreements, and there could be people in your life who you have conflict with, and it seems like no matter how your intentions are and the other person's intentions, you just don't see eye to eye. And people that you love dearly, there's no reconciliation. It seems like there's just pain and there's hurt and there's bitterness. That's part of the darkness that we experience in our relationships. Uh, there's also fears and worry. As we wrap up 2023, some of you, and it's easy for all of us to get in this, you begin to think of 2024, and you begin to already think of the fears of all the unknown of what you'll face this next year. How many of you have already been worried about the next year? Anyone? It's normal because we don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen. And so darkness can fill us just with that anxiety and that overwhelming sense of, I'm not going to know how to move forward. That can represent darkness. There can be confusion of our life, how to move forward, or even just this season. It can be a struggle. But when Jesus declares that he is the light of life, It's a promise that penetrates the darkness that you experience from conflict to loss to sin to struggle to discouragement to despair. Whatever you're facing, the light of Jesus can penetrate your darkness. The light of Jesus penetrates the world's darkness. The light of Jesus is everything that we need to overcome the darkness of this world. That's the promise that we celebrate when Jesus says, I am light of the world. Now, if I could, I'd like to just extend this analogy of light. Now, if we were to just turn the lights on full blast right now, what were some things that would happen? You'd begin to kind of squint. It's, sometimes the light uh, bothers us. And the longer you're in the darkness, sometimes the light's even harder. You can't see, you lose your bearings. And so the promise of this light of the world means that there's actually a response for all of us like there is with natural light when we get into the the outdoors and the sunlight penetrates. And this is a response, I think, to this human condition when we find ourselves in darkness. The first is that we can come to the light. That's one of the responses. We can come to the light. The second is we can turn away from the light. And the third is that we can share it. And each one of us tend to be in one of those responses to when we experience the light. And in this instance, it's when we experience the truth that Jesus has come to save us from our darkness. I want to walk briefly through each one of these responses where you might find yourself. The first response with the light is that I want to come to it because my darkness is so great. I need the clarity that I've been longing for. I need the hope that I've been waiting for. I want to come to the light. If you find yourself in that position, there's a promise for you. And the promise is the darkness will not overcome. And that's Matthew 1, This is the promise of what happened in Bethlehem. She will bear a son, and that's Mary. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their, what, sins. Sins represents the darkness. He will save the people from their darkness, from their separation, from their loss, from their pain, from their hopelessness. He will rescue you. And so for all of you who need to be rescued, who find yourself in the darkness and you can't get out, you're in the cave of your life of wrong decisions, you're in the cave of your life of despair, of anxiety, you're in the cave of your life of just missed opportunities and a past that keeps catching up with you, if you come to the light of Jesus, you will be saved from that darkness. 
And what it means is you call on the name of the Lord and say, I can't deal with the darkness on my own. I can't find the switch. I can't find the opening to the light. I'm in the darkness and I'm stuck and I'm confused. And so if you find yourself today and you just realize you've lived this past year and maybe the last few years just with this darkness over your head, today's the day where you can step out of the darkness because Jesus is the one that represents the light. You don't have to turn the light switch on yourself. He has done all the work for you. You don't earn the light. You just have to turn to it and invite Jesus to be the light in your life. You may find yourself wanting to to respond and to say something like, I don't want this darkness anymore. And here's just a prayer that you could pray. It says, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. It's just this recognition. Like I know that part of the darkness that I experience is my own choices. All of us have wronged God and have the, the consequences of darkness. I wanna turn from my sin. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. That's what we celebrate. I believe he died on the cross for my sin and you raised him to life. He conquered death. He conquered darkness. I want him to come into my heart and take control of my life. I wanna trust Jesus as my savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward in Jesus' name, amen. It's at that moment where you turn to the Lord and say, I'm a sinner. I experienced the darkness. This has been over me and plaguing me my whole life. But I want to be released from that. I wanna come into the light. At the moment that you turn to Jesus and say, rescue me from my darkness, rescue me from my sin, you will be saved. And the light of the world will lead you to the light of life when you turn to him. And so if you've never decided to follow Jesus and confess your sin to him and ask to be rescued from the darkness of your life, no matter how young or how old, it's never too late. Christ has come to be the light to you right here and right now. And so I wanna encourage you If that's you this morning and you've never decided to follow Jesus as the light of your life, you can do so and let us know. You could pray this prayer and we'd love to follow up with you at Ridgeview. We wanna help people experience the refreshing life that's found in Jesus. Refreshing life is only found in the light. In the darkness is where the bad things grow. But it's in the light of life in Jesus where the good things grow that he wants us to experience. And so on the connection card that Joel mentioned, if you could pull out that connection card right now Everyone, if you can, just pull it out. Pull it out. You should see it in your program. And if you've never decided to come to the, to the light for the first time and turn to Jesus, what I want you to do is I want you just to write new Christian on your connection card. What you're saying is I want to become a new Christian. I want to go into the light for the first time. And let us know how we can pray for you specifically. Use that connection card to communicate with us. That way we can follow up with you. We can help you. We exist to help people come out of the darkness into the light. That's what the church is for. Now, that's the first response. The second response is to uh, turn away. Maybe there's just things in your life that you're, you're not ready. It's just you're stuck in ruts. You're, you have patterns, and you, you feel like there's nothing you could do to get out of the darkness. I want to encourage you, don't stay away from the light. I want to plead with you strongly. The longer you're in the darkness, the more you can't see, and the more darkness makes sense to you. And then even what happens is because of the length of time we're in the darkness, the things of the light make less and less sense. And that might be you this morning. You find yourself just cynic towards the things of God, a cynic towards Jesus, a cynic towards the church. Maybe there's pain in your past. You feel God hasn't heard you and he's ripped you off and he's just not come through for you when you've called him. And that's part of why you're just not ready to come into the light. I wanna urge you, God is right here waiting for you to help you. And he meets you right where you are. 
Maybe there's some pain that you have to work through. Here at Ridgeview, we want to help you with that. We don't want to leave you by yourself. But don't shrink back and keep pulling away because as the darkness grows, the more confusion grows and the more stuck we find ourselves. And so begin to ask questions. Do the work of yourself to ask, is Jesus really the light of the world and can I trust him? And if you investigate and you ask the right questions, you will find him. So don't stay here too long. And then the third is the response of, for people who found the light. Could be recently, this past year, you've decided to become a Christian or decades ago, you grew up in the church, but there's a part of Christmas which reminds us the light is not just for us to experience, the light is for us to share. We have a duty if you're a Christ follower, if you've come into the light, to share that light with others. The Christian life is not private, although it's very personal. It's something that we share with those that we love. And so there's some of you today that are gonna be interacting with family and friends and neighbors and coworkers over the next few days, and you have the light of life that Jesus has given you. And I wanna encourage you to consider how there's people who are blinded by the darkness of their life that are longing for someone to point out where the light can be found. That's the duty of all Christ followers is to share the light. And so if you've come to the light and you've experienced the light of life through turning your life and surrendering to Jesus, I wanna encourage you to share that light with others. Here's the promise for all of us who've decided to become a Christian. And even if you've made that decision today, this is your promise too, you can claim it. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to what? Life. And that life really means abundance. So the darkness that you've experienced doesn't have to be your reality anymore. You can move away from it. You can move from it and you can experience the light of walking with Jesus. And so let us know on your connection card. If you're ready to become a Christian, write new Christian. If you have some questions, let us know on that connection card. If you have prayer requests, it doesn't matter if this is your first time at Ridgeview, we will pray for you. We want to do that. We want to meet you right in the middle of the burdens that you face. Don't be stuck alone. The church is a reminder this time of year as we celebrate Christmas that you're not alone. Jesus made you. He loved you. He wants a relationship with you. And he has given the church the duty to be light bearers together, and we wanna shine the light here in North Fontana, here in Southern California, because California's dark, amen? We wanna keep shining here in Southern California, the United States, and for the rest of the world, we have a duty and an opportunity to shine his light. As I wrap up, I just wanna thank each of you for being here this morning. There's a lot that's going on on Christmas Eve, but I do believe when the church gathers in his name, it's the most important thing that we can do. And so thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for all of you who are part of Ridgeview. I'm so glad you're a part of our church. It's such a blessing to be the church together. And the final thing I want us to say is that we're here today to thank God for Jesus and the light that he brings. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for these families from those young to those old. I thank you for everything that you've done, your forgiveness, the fact that you do not shy away from the darkness. It's in fact the darkness for which you have come to shine your light of your son, Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus as a light to our dark world. Thank you for sending Jesus as a light to our dark hearts. 
Thank you for the forgiveness of our sin that's found in the payment of Christ's blood that was shed on our behalf. Thank you for the promise of the star which represented Christ has come. Thank you for the reminder of even the dark sky that it's never too dark for Jesus to do the work that he will do. And thank you, God, for the reminder of the green, evergreen Christmas tree that you are an eternal God who has always been and always will be and we can trust in you. God, will you shine your light here in our hearts right now? And I pray for anyone today who's decided to become a Christian for the first time. God, will you just give them just this hope and this peace that they've never experienced before and the darkness that they've experienced and all that they've known and that's been their reality that it will be lifted right now in the name of Jesus. God, lift the darkness from the hearts of people right now. By the power of your son, Jesus, I pray. Amen.